welcome to Totalus Rankium. This week, Caritas. And welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalis Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all the emperors from Augustus to Augustulus. This is episode 49, Carinus. Brother of Numerian. Yeah. Son of Carus. And just as short-lived. <laughs> oh dear. It's a very short-lived dynasty, it is. So, another short one. Uh, but then at the end, we're going to have a quick recap of the crisis. And if you remember, I said right at the start, we were going to play back a section of your prediction and see how close you got. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I thought about that. Yeah, well, there you go. We're going to do it. Right, so, again, we don't know when or where he was born, but he would have been brought up as heir to the family. Yeah. He was numo uno, as they used to say in Latin. <laughs> as covered in 282, his father became the emperor. He probably would have been in his 30s at the time. Carinus. Not, yeah. Not Carus. He won the title Germanicus Maximus. Oh, how come? Because, if you remember, when Chaos first took over, he just fought a few barbarians yeah. in the area just to make sure everyone knew he was the emperor. Yeah. Well, Carinus was with him at the time, Okay. so he kind of picked up the Germanicus Maximus tag. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. So, there you go. It's a little, little feather in his cap. There you go. Yeah. In 283, Carinus was made consul and promoted to Augustus. Ah. Yes. So he's now officially there. Well, he's now oh, joint emperor. Yeah, yes. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Carus wanted to leave Rome in safe hands whilst he went east. Yeah. To face the lightning. It's interesting that he took Numerian with him, but left or left Carinus at home, which kind of shows he's more of a booky kind of well, I think admin person. He needed to show Numerian the ropes a bit more, I think. Okay. And he needed a strong person back in Rome to keep it together. That's how I read it. Well, okay. Well, that's yeah. how he does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. He was soon put to the test. Not long after his father left, it would appear that the Quadi invaded the Danube region. So, up north he goes, he fought back and beat the barbarians. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it's not going badly. Better than his brother so far, isn't it? By the time he finished this war, word would have come through that his father was dead. Oh. So he returned to Rome, just to make sure that he still had a hold on the political power, and he made himself and his brother consul. Then, he went to Britain. Yay. Yay. The English Channel was being overrun by Frankish and Saxon pirates at the time. Probus had ordered the defences be built on the British coast, so presumably he went to go and reinforce them. Anti-pirate defences. Yes. What would that be? Uh, what are pirates scared of? No rum. Empty barrels. <laughs> yes, possibly. I don't know. Pirates are scared of nothing, surely. See, I have, a, I have a feeling they're actually scared of parrots. And the captain wears the parrot just to, you know, prove that he's really tough. Because actually he's terrified the entire time. Possibly. Also lock it in a cage. So maybe it was just towers of parrots on the English coast. Yeah. yeah. Or, or the puffins, because, you know, pretend they're parrots. Yes. Yeah. Do you know their beaks fall off? What? Oh, did you not know that? Don't they go near the shed? It isn't like the whole beak. Yeah, that big colourful beak isn't yeah. actually their beak. Their beak's inside it. That's a big covering that grows and falls off once a year. Really? Their beaks are very boring and normal, I think. If you're interested in puffins, please yeah. send us a postcard. Yeah. <laughs> Not about puffins, just send us a postcard. <clears throat> we like them. Right, um, so, he went to the British coast to check out the puffins and see if their beaks fall off. <laughs> yeah. 
It was while he was there, probably, mm. whilst he had puffin in hand, as it were, <laughs> uh, that he learnt of his brother's demise and the elevation of Diocles. Around the same time, he would have also heard that a general in Pannonia was also revolting, Selenius Julianus. I have a feeling he doesn't do well. <laughs> oh, we'll see. There is a chance that he was taught into doing this by Diocles, as in Julianus was. Ah, okay. Yeah. I know that Julianus talked into doing something stupid. <laughs> oh, do you think this is a descendant of... Uh... It's got to be. Yeah, I think so. Some drunk friends. God yeah. do it! Be great. Come on, have a have a crack. Yeah, I know we've got Diocles over there and Carinus over there, but oh, you'd, you'd be great, be amazing, the best. <laughs> so, Carinus was having none of this. He rushed back to Rome. He made preparations to take on Julianus and then carry on to Diocles. Yeah. He confidently asserted that he still controlled two thirds of the empire and that he would win. Only two thirds. Two thirds, roughly. How come? Diocles has the entire east. Ah, okay. (laughs) Fair enough. So he sets off. Over the winter of 284-285, Carinus outmaneuvered the Danubian general, Julianus, and defeated him comprehensively near Verona. Just the sword went through his chest, like, I hate you! (laughs) Why did you make me do this? I never wanted to do this. You're all (laughs) horrible. Look at you now, idiot. It wasn't... Well, you say his drunk friends convinced him to do it. I actually know the name of the man who convinced him to do it. It's the first time we're going to say his name. Constantius. 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 Yes. Probably have not heard of him before, but you certainly will have heard of his son. Constantinople? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was his son. (laughs) So, we're getting getting close to a big period of history coming up, shall we say. I'll just tease that there. Was his son Julius Caesar? No, his son wasn't. We missed Julius Caesar, I'm sorry. Oh, did we? Yeah. So, true to his word, Carinus carried on towards Diocles, who was now in the Balkan area. I should point out that no one was calling him Diocles anymore, because he had changed his name. Oh, what to? Have a guess. Tony. Yes, Tony the First. It's a good, strong Roman name. Only it was pronounced Diocletian. Ah, yes. Oh, I've heard of that name. Oh, have you? <gasps> oh, I had no idea. <laughs> Big shock. Yeah. Diocles is actually Diocletian. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's a bit like... Superman. Uh, yeah, it's a bit like <laughs> Superman, isn't it? Big reveal. It's you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So Diocle- See, Did he take his glasses off? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Put his hair back. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, turns out that Diocles is Diocletian. That's now how he's styling himself. So Carinus and Diocletian face off against each other. Now I do know, I don't know any, I don't really know anything about Diocletian, but I know he's seen as a good emperor. I know he's seen as kind of successful. I think. Well, so this is going to be finding out soon. Yeah, so I feel this is going to end badly for Carinus (laughs) in lots of ways. Well, we'll see. They, um, the two sides meet in the Balkan area. So the two sides line up for battle. Skirmishes start, and it was soon apparent that Diocletian was going to lose. Ooh. Yes. Carinus was going to win. It, it was all mm. going well for Carinus. He was there in his tent, certain of victory. Mm. Or maybe, like, on a hill over, overseeing the troops. Mm. But with a big smile on his face. All of a sudden, Astriobulus, good mm. name, turns up. He is the Praetorian Prefect. Oh dear. And he's got <laughs> some news. For the Emperor. What do you think the news is? Is it a knife? (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the, the news is, I have defected, and I'm now going to kill you and go over to Diocletian. Goodbye, stabby stabby. Oh, Yeah. We, we don't really know why Astriobulus betrayed his emperor. The historian Augusta claims that it was because Carinus was sleeping with his wife. Ooh. Yes. Probably a lie. Um, the historian Augusta says many things about the enemy of Diocletian, because uh, they love Diocletian. But um, we'll come back to this in the Probium Crasium. Yeah. So there you go. Carinus died assassination on a battlefield. Oh, that's interesting. The truth is, I feel a bit sad for Astriobulus now because he's, you know, he's clearly going to be killed by Diocletian for killing an emperor. We find out what happens to him next week. I bet he gets killed. We will find out. I bet he gets I'm killed. I'm not going to run out. No, no, I don't run But he gets killed. Let's rate. Fightius Maximus. Okay, better than his brother here. We've actually <laughs> got some stuff. He fought some barbarians in the Danube region and won twice. Yeah. He was called Germanicus Maximus. Hmm. He then fought in Britain and was given the title Britannicus Maximus. Mm. Puffinus Maximus. Yes. All of this is left out of the Historia Augusta, by the way, uh, which is our main source, but they didn't want to heap too many praises on Carinus. Yeah. No. He beat Julianus. Yeah. Um, and he was going to beat Diocletian. Yeah, that's very true. That battle really was going in his favour. Mm. Although it's obviously impossible to tell. Diocletian might have been able to retreat a bit. Winning a battle doesn't mean winning the war. But no. he, he was able to stand up and put up a fight. It's like um, it's like the underdog winning miraculously. It's like when you think of when the Nazis took over Germany, it was because the Nazis were the biggest party. They just dominated. When Mussolini took over Italy, his was the smallest party. They were just like a band of rebels. But they managed somehow, through people dying, taking over. It's it. There's a modern link there. How's that similar? Because it's like the small underdogs somehow then becoming... Who's the small underdog? Um, Diocletian with a smaller army. Oh, I see. Beaten. I've got you. Right, Same yes. with you know, the Mussini thing. And yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll let you have that. Modern link, then. Modern link. I like it. I do. Right, so bad. He lost a battle. Um, let's face it, he died. <laughs> he lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, not awful. Not great. Five. Yeah, I'm going to go middle of the road as well. So that is ten for Vitius Maximus. Aprovium Crasium. may be surprised to learn we actually have some stuff here. Oh my goodness. The Historia Augusta despises him. <laughs> of course they do. He's Diocletian's enemy, and remember, the Historia Augusta is, in theory, written in Diocletian's time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's written to Diocletian a lot of it, talking about how brilliant Diocletian is. Now, as I've said before, the theory is now that actually it was written quite some time afterwards, but the fact remains... Historia Augusta think Diocletian is good, therefore his enemies are bad. Mm. So Carinus does not, not get a good rap here. No. no. So I will quote, He was the most polluted of men, an no. adulterer and a constant corrupter of youth. Ooh. He gave jobs to people who were unstable, or unsuitable even. He set aside all the best amongst his friends and retained or picked out all the vilest, and he appointed as city prefect one of his doorkeepers. A baser act than which no one can conceive or relate. I love that. <laughs> Gave a job to his doorkeeper. No one could possibly think of anything worse. <laughs> what was what job did he give to his doorkeeper? City prefect. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so, uh, cities have doors and gates. Exactly. You need some. You need some <laughs> upscaling. Yeah. He appointed a new Praetorian prefect and would openly get to know him. 
Knew him well. Knew him well. He married and divorced a lot. And I quote, By marrying and divorcing, he took nine wives in all, and he put away some even when they were pregnant. This was all (laughs) in two years, apparently. Wow. In actual fact, we only know of one wife. Uh, it appears that he only had one wife. This is yeah, quite okay. obviously completely made up. But yeah. let's not let obvious lies stand in the way of truth. <laughs> so that happened. He had nine wives. Right. He filled the palace with actors and harlots and pantomimists, singers mm. and pimps. <laughs> they couldn't have used the word pimp back then. <laughs> Translation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He only ever bathed in ice-cold water, which was sometimes filled with apples and melons. Oh. Which is just nice, mm-hmm. I suppose. Once he was given a bath at room temperature and he called out in anger, This is water for a woman that you have given me. Mm. Yeah, not very nice. No. no. The story Augusta claims that his father hated him and wanted Constantius. Second name drop of him there. Yeah. The governor of Dalmatia to be his heir. Again, Utter lies. <laughs> There's nothing to back that no. up at all. Um, he is said to have got worse once his father died. This is <clears throat> another quote from another source. We don't know who from, oh. but it's not Victor. Did did you did it tell you in the book? Did it have like an author on the book that you read it from? Would that help? Oh, maybe I should have checked the front. Yeah, that always helps, doesn't it? No, th- this is um, a, a source that has traditionally been linked to Victor, but um, we okay. now think it wasn't actually him who wrote it. But we've got it, so yeah, I picked it. Carinus defiled himself with all crimes. He killed many innocent men for made-up offences. He corrupted the marriages of the nobles. He was ruinous towards his fellow pupils too, who, with jeering voice, teased him in the classroom. He was tortured to death chiefly by the hands of his tribune, whose wife he had said to have violated. Ooh. Yeah, so there's all that going on. Yeah. I, against that, yeah. good saying, there's literally no any evidence of any of this being okay. true. It is very obviously propaganda against him. A lot of alternative facts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So in, in one way, I want to say it's all obviously lies, we give him nothing. But in another way, I think, yeah. well done, you got some stories written about you. Yeah. You deserve at least something. I... I'm going to give him three or four. Um, four, because I quite like the stories. Even yeah. They're obviously not true. <laughs> yeah, obviously not true. But, I mean, at least he got some stories written against him. So, just for that, I, I won't go quite that high. I think I'll go for three. So, that is a total seven for a Probium Crazy. Successes Ultimus! He kept the West secure from barbarians and usurpation whilst his father was away. That's good. And he didn't run the Empire into the ground. Good. <laughs> Which is quite nice. But that is, that's all I've got. I mean, he just didn't do much. He didn't have time. Well, I mean, it's quite an accomplishment to keep the Empire stable, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and he's killed the West. He was fighty as well. Again, that's more securing of the Empire. Um, I can't get more like three, though, I don't think. Yeah, I'm going to say three for keeping back the usurpations and keeping the Empire ticking over. Yeah, go three as well. Okay. Image of He's looking quite happy there with the beard. Yeah. Yeah, okay. He's, he's, he's winning. That's, that's when he was winning. Oh, not bad. Quite a widow's peak. Quite yeah. a nice curly, frothy beard. Looking up quite a lot. Yeah. It's uh, quite short hair. I thought yeah. he was bald to begin with, but <clears throat> yeah. his hair is there. Um, yeah. Fluffy sheep beard. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Bobbly. Yeah. I don't oh, know. He's looking up. 
face. Got a frown though. Look at him. Bit of a frown. I'm not hugely impressed. Not, no. But it's not hugely terrible. I no, think he's very. Five. Yeah, he's like his brother, isn't he? He's middle of the road. I'm going to go for five again. So. 2.5. 2.5. Temple completed. So how long do you think he lasted? Well, longer than his brother, so I'm going to go for two years. I'm out two years. Ah, excellent. Dates are a bit hard to pin down here, but he was definitely ruling from 283 to 285, so I'm going to give him two years. Yes. That's a score of 0 0.25, which gives him a total score. It's not awful. It's certainly better than his brother. No. 25.75. Wow. Yeah, he actually did some stuff. I, I guess, yeah, because there's evidence he did quite a bit of fighty stuff. And, and the fight is where he scored the points. Yeah. And I think we perhaps overscored on the crazy, but we did go with the myth of it rather than the actual. Yeah, well... I, I mean, we could have scored him like one, but... We could have done, but... Hey, it's our podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, only one last thing to ask. Do they have a certain genesis? Um... I don't see any reason why to give him Genesis. <laughs> He's the last Crisis Emperor, if you don't count Diocletian. See, I still do. He's the one who ends it, so... Well, yes, he's part yeah, of it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, You argued that against me a couple of episodes ago. I'm seeing the Crisis section of our podcast officially over at the end of this episode. Oh. That's what I'm seeing, which is why we're doing the Crisis Fair review. Enough. No, uh, yeah, I'll go yeah. with that. Fair I do enough. understand that, yes, Diocletian obviously is part of the Crisis, but he's more... Yeah. More part of the tetrarchy period, what? which we'll start going through. Oh, we're going to it next week. It's like camping. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a no, isn't it, for Genesis? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Carinus. But well done to Karos, Numerian, and Carinus for having the most useless dynasty in the mm. history of the Roman Empire. Because mm. none of them got Genesis, and they all lasted together a grand total. Five of, years? Yeah, not even that. Three years, if oh, not. Okay. <laughs> well, Wonderful. no, less than that, because Carinus's rule was joint. So, yeah, I, yeah I, was just, I was just adding up Carinus and Carus. Uh, yeah, they overlap, so oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just really pathetic, considering there are three oh. of them. Yeah, they probably ruled no longer than we've been doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Oh, well, so, not quite the end of the episode, though. No. Because we have Crisis Review. In fact, quick, get them out. <clears throat> get them out. Come here, come here, come here. Biscuit, biscuit, good boy. Crisis review. Well trained. He's very well trained, isn't yeah. he? Right, okay. Let's first of all listen to your prediction on what the crisis was, given back way in episode 28, oh, Maximinus yeah. Thrax. 28? Yes. The crisis. 20 episodes ago. Yeah, the That's crisis lost. The crisis lasts a long time. Wow. It does. Right. So, here we are. It's the crisis. Yes. It's the crisis. You've heard a lot about the crisis. Yeah, I've been, is, I've been saying it time. for ages, haven't I? Yeah, crisis, the crisis is coming, the crisis is coming, it's the beginning yeah. of the crisis, the crisis, yeah. the third century, the crisis, the crisis. It was only last week when you mentioned, well, I don't actually know what the crisis is, so yeah. it's hard to judge. I actually realised you don't know what the <laughs> crisis is. For all you know, it's a, a savage unicorn coming along. Ooh. Yeah, so... Or what a unicorn. I want... <laughs> yes. You like with a, two horns. Yeah. Yeah. Just a ball. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, maybe it's that. So I want you to predict what you think the crisis is. I think it's going to be a combination of more than one thing. I think one thing is going to kick something off, then there's going to be like a domino effect, so then this happens and this happens. So in, in the past you mentioned about the army being paid. Yeah. I think they're going to get too powerful. Okay. And I think this may be the beginning of that because 
we mentioned last week that Thrax is the general or one of the leaders in the army. Okay. That's an idea I have. Also, think you're talking about plague as well in the last episode, so there's more diseases spreading. Okay. I think yeah. that might, you know, more zombies coming back. Yeah. And I think there might be invaders losing land. I think it's just going to be absolute. Ah! Okay. What we'll do in like episode 40 odd or whatever it is, <laughs> I'll get that sound clip of you saying that. We'll, we'll score you on accuracy on your oh, prediction. Yes. That's what we'll do. That'd be brilliant. Right. Okay. So that was you. Yeah, several months ago. That's <laughs> how we've grown. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you did pretty well there, didn't I you? I did actually. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that actually, that pretty much all of it is very accurate. Yeah, uh, that's really good. Army with more power. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Plague. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Huge effect. Yeah. Evil bubble wrap disease. Invasions. Yes. And your last point. Ah. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> that definitely happens. <laughs> all in all, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a 10 out of 10. For really? Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I mean, you could have put more detail in, but... Uh, you yeah, just sort of fall into pieces. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Big brush strokes. That's what you need. Yeah. Predictions. <laughs> On the Van Gogh of predictions. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's have a quick sum up of the crisis. It's very hard to sum up the crisis in the same way that it's hard to sum up the fall of the Roman Empire. Mm. There's just too much going on, there's too many yeah. reasons, but we shall try because we don't shy from doing such things here no. in Totalis Rankium. So, I'm going to say there are three main reasons. Feel free to disagree with me. Oh, well, you've done the research, so. <laughs> yeah, but you could just be stubborn. Yeah, okay. Reason number one. My... No. Oh, okay. <laughs> two? Reason two? <laughs> Reason number one, migrational flow. Which people sounds coming in. painful. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, lots of barbarians moving around. Y- yes, that's true. And invading as well. Yeah, we saw a lot of barbarian invasions, didn't we? Mm. We saw a lot of groups of people being pushed out of their homelands, coming into the Roman Empire. Yeah. And the fact that you've got a barbari- barbarian invasion proves that point, because there are just so many different like, <laughs> Yes, people. yes, there's no point in trying to actually clarify who these people were and actually dive into their culture. Let's just tar them with the brush of barbarians. It's far easier. Yeah. So why were these barbarians invading? Well, the reasons... uh, There were many theories, Mm. ranging from climate change, they couldn't live where they were anymore, it was getting too cold, to Mm. um, different groups pushing them out. So there were many reasons. Whatever the reasons, it doesn't really matter. All we need to know is that it was affecting the Romans. (laughs) That's a proper historian there. Doesn't really matter why. Doesn't really matter. For, for our purposes of our podcast, yeah, yeah. we're only concerned about rating the emperors. True. So yeah, we don't true. really need to care about why the barbarians are coming. <laughs> we just know they were coming. <laughs> yeah. So there was a huge amount of fighting in the Danube region and the Rhine region. Yeah. In fact, you, you just couldn't move in the episodes for fighting on the Danube, could you? No. no. This obviously strained the empire. Generals became more popular and they had the opportunity to revolt. Troops didn't mm. want to leave their areas because it's where they lived. So yeah. they wanted to promote their generals to be the emperor. Yeah. So there was lots of revolts going on. Reason number two, the rise of the Persians. Yeah. Shahpur and his father transformed the Eastern Empire from a state to be wary of but ultimately nothing to worry about yeah. to an empire that could theoretically bring down the empire. Yeah. Yeah, the East was now an area to desperately hang on to rather than a place you could just make money out of. Yes. So, big difference there. This led to the same problems that were occurring in the North. Mm. So, you've got different armies with 
popular generals revolting. This is now happening on two fronts, making it almost impossible for a single emperor to deal with things, unless you're Aurelian. <laughs> and number three, my third reason, the plague, which I think is somewhat overlooked. Yeah, I agree, because it's going to decimate potentially millions of people. Yeah, now the, the counter-argument for the plague being a big reason is, well, the plague was affecting everyone, not just the Romans. So was it really the plague? But if you have a big army, you've got more to lose. If you ah, lose That's people. exactly the point I've made. Because I'd say that you're not starting on a, um, a plain level. A plain level field? A level playing field here. Yeah, yeah. You've got the Romans really strong, the barbarians are much weaker. Yeah. The plague is the great leveller. It brings them back down to the same level. Mm. So it's actually more devastating to the Romans than yeah. it is to the barbarians. <clears throat> so I, I think those three reasons, I think, I are think the main so. reasons. You do also have the economy falling apart, religious that, but... changes, but I feel they're more of a That's effect. more civil unrest, isn't it? Yeah. But, but that's going to nibble the inside as well so you've got all the stuff the big stuff on the outside of the circle of pain that is yeah. the crisis then you've got that stuff on the inside gnawing away yes I you've got agree. that civil unrest the economy which can't pay the army so they're going to get annoyed yeah yeah they, these things are definitely important I'm not going to discount them but if someone yeah. told me to just list the top three that's what I'd go for I think enough. if I was living in Italy at mm. the time the economy would be the one yeah. that I saw as the biggest problem it, it depends where you are, yeah. Yeah, but if I was living on the Danube... <laughs> it's that barbarian with a sword in front of me. Trying to steal my crops. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it'd be interesting if listeners, please message us and tell us what do you think the three yeah. biggest reasons were. It'd be interesting to... Yeah, I, think. I'd love to hear it. So, who was to blame? Let's play the blame game. But it's one of these things that it's not possible to blame one no, thing. blame one, one person. person. One person? Blame one person. Whose fault was it? Thrax. Okay, so it's Thrax was the reason why the Empire fell apart in yep. the crisis. We have decided. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you want to uh, back that up he, for any well, reason? He, well, he exacerbated the money problem. The penny army too much because he was an army guy. Yeah. He exacerbated it. So then you've got an annoyed army that can't be paid. Yeah. That's going to then influx the people on the inside. Yeah. And on top of that, you have them again being more annoyed because they're dying by plague. Ah, like, oh, I've got plague, damn it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is an impossible question. There is yeah. no way it's one person. I'm, but I'm if just you were through my memory of the episode, if you were to choose one person, you could definitely do worse than blaming Thrax. Certainly not his fault solely, but no, he not. certainly didn't help. He mm. was there at the start as well, and that's always nice. You could have blamed, start blaming, was it Dim Domitian? Not Domitian, uh, Commodus. Yes, definitely. You can go way further back, and it's a slow change. Uh, but we don't like slow, gradual changes. We like, let's blame someone right now, right yep. here. So we're going to blame Thrax. Welcome the to the crisis. modern world, guys. <laughs> yes, it's his fault. Instant gratification, instant blame. Yes. His fault. Why did the Empire recover? Oh, clever decisions. I've... Oh, no, obviously... no, who? Which person? Are Aurelian. There we go. Right, okay, so Aurelian <laughs> saved the Empire. <laughs> Scary. Frax destroyed it. See, it's nice and neat now, isn't it? That's true. Yeah. yeah. So I don't see why people talk about history degrees being hard. It's I not. Mean, this is yeah. so easy. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's it's like impressionist painting. You just put blobs on a piece of paper. It's easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, obviously impossible to say, but yeah. um, I'd say the only irreplaceable emperors in the crisis, personally, is Valerian, Gallienus, and Aurelian. Yes, I think if Gallienus had survived or situation a little bit better, he'd have been as good as Aurelian. 
Is it? I, I think my list might be slightly controversial here, because the list is usually Aurelian and Probus, mm. and obviously Diocletian. I'm not counting him. But I'd argue your your list. You've rather than just going from one book or one historian, you've thought about it yourself and used different sources to create. Well, your own I'm opinion. guessing other people do that as well. I, 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 people <laughs> get very touchy about this kind of thing. <laughs> do I, okay. People are very annoyed by your by your list. <laughs> So it's well, okay to think different things because oh, no, yeah. nothing's concrete in history. I, I would argue that Valerian saw that he couldn't do the job alone and he split it between him and Gallienus. Yeah. That was a very clever thing to do yes. when he did it. Valerian did a very good job in the position that he was. He fought back Sharpor and yes, he got captured, but his army was decimated, if not worse, than plague. <clears throat> but he brought it on himself, though. He went there himself voluntarily. Idiot. <laughs> he should stay at home. Yeah. So I think Valerian and Gallienus, although they were right there at rock bottom, and mm. Gallienus is, oh, he lost the empire. I really think they are, that's where it started turning round. Yeah. And then Aurelian, oh, Aurelian's just Aurelian. Yeah. Let's face it, he was amazing. And yes, Probus did his bit. He was one of the better ones. But, yeah, that's uh, true. So yeah. there you go. There's my three favourite emperors of the crisis period. Oh, fair enough. Right, okay, so that's a quick summing up of the crisis. But we have a goodbye to say. To the Historia Augusta. No, I'm afraid you're no longer going to be co-host. Oh. I've chosen some. <laughs> <laughs> is... At least keep the microphone. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, it is the Historia Augusta. You are, of course, right. This is where we lose the Historia Augusta. Oh. Yes. So we will end today with a quote. So this is the very last chapter of the Historia Augusta. A whole chapter. So this is the very last paragraph okay. of, <laughs> sorry, of the Historia Augusta. And now, my friend, accept this gift of mine, which, as I've often said, I have brought out the light of day, not because of its elegance of style, but because of its learned research, chiefly with the purpose in view that if any gifted stylist should wish to reveal the deeds of the emperors, he might not lack the material, having as he will my little books as a mini-series to his elegance. I pray you then to be content and to contend that in this work I have the wish to write better than I have the power. Aww. And, and you know what, Historia yeah. Augusta, you did all right. We used you. You did all right. We used you as research. And there's another little... In the, I just found another bit as well. Oh, yeah. It yeah. says... Um, <clears throat> All characters in this publication are fictitious. <laughs> and any resemblance to real persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Oh, your, your copy is slightly different to mine. Yeah, yeah perhaps. Yeah, yeah possibly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, goodbye, Historia Augusta. Yeah, that's quite sad, actually. It is. Right, well, <laughs> thank you for listening this week. Yeah. I hope listeners are looking forward to the Tetrarchy Diocletian coming up. Mm. It's a good part of Roman history. See, what um, I like is all our listeners are probably going, yeah, I know what that is. And I'm sitting there going, what? What? What is that? Who? Yeah. No, it's good. It's Who's Tetrarchy? Good stuff coming. He sounds out. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. All four of them. What? <laughs> okay, so thank you very much to the Rex Vata for supporting us. Um, go and buy some of their merchandise. Mm. Um Go and buy some of ours if you're listening in the future, like mm. in a year's time from recording, and we've yeah. actually got our, our asses in gear and done something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you can buy Tatar's Rankium Cape. <laughs> yes. Slippers. You can. You can. That's very good. Uh, uh, wi- uh, mirror, mirror covers. Masks. 
Yes. So you can look like the emperors. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, Total's ranking beards as well. Get you starting it. Uh... Yeah. And Rocky. Oh, you know what? We definitely need to sell Rocky. Oh. We could definitely sell Rocky. Do you think people are stupid enough to buy rocks? I think so. With a couple of eyes glued to them. <laughs> I think so. I think people would. I oh. would. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. If you yeah. want to sell for Rocky, yeah. uh, send £5 to <laughs> to our Total Ranking headquarters and we'll do what we can. Yeah, fantastic. Right, okay. Message us on Twitter, Facebook, check out WordPress, and please leave a review. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, you can continue to download us on Podbean, iTunes and Stitcher. Okay, and until next time, goodbye, Historia Augusta. This is the end, my friend, the end. Goodbye. Right, okay, so... What, what number's that? We've done loads now. That's f- f- 48. Bloody hell. Oh, right. Are you know what? <laughs> right, who's next? Di... Diatran... Diatran... Di... Oh, I don't want to hear this anymore. Oh, well, we said we'd do all of them. I do, well, that is all of them. Shall we just... <laughs> shall we just say that it ends here? We could say... Yeah. Yeah, I know, we'll pretend that we were right into this one. Yeah, yeah. And that way it looks like it was meant to end here. Yeah, right, that's him. Okay. Excellent. Done. Done, excellent. Good work. Yeah, uh, I was getting bored of it. I've I've got a new idea, though. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've got an idea about this guy called Jesus.